right, guys, it's Hit the Books time. I am Brad Powers alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. We are talking college football, part of the Hammer Betting Network. Before we talk this week's games, of course, we're going to react to what we just saw last week. Who impressed us? Who didn't? What were some of our biggest takeaways? We'll then take a look at some of the opening lines that are out there in the market. Were there some value? What lines stand out? And of course, at the end, fresh off a winning week for Mr. Kanish, a winning week for Brad Powers, we will have multiple, multiple best bets for you guys at the end of the broadcast. First and foremost, though, I know this is a college show, but we are alongside the biggest Detroit Lions fan in the universe, Mr. Kanish, another cover for your Detroit boys. Keep fading us, baby. Keep fading us. I don't even know why I'm betting, Kyle. I just wake up and click the button on Lions every week, and, uh, you know, they take you to the promised land. So, yeah, you know what? I was out on three now, out on four. I get up at six on Sunday. Hey, give me some six. Took the closer. Uh, never a doubt. Even down 17, they don't stop fighting. That's the culture we've built. Uh, idea maybe gave a 38-point. Hey, bottom line, if you can get inside, get in the number, uh, we'll take it. Uh, and, hey, look forward to a little week two, week at week three. Uh, look, look ahead. All right, college football. Uh, I'm going to be pretty negative as far as the takeaways for a lot of major programs. I think you know of a few of them. Before we get into some of our teams that didn't impress us, was there any team or position group, offense, defense, or you know, coaching specific that, that impressed you from, from last weekend? I think uh, you know where I'm going with this, Mr. Powers, and it's it's a short drive for me in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that there's a new QB1 there, and woo boy, I tell you what, I tell you what, uh, listen, I know it's Hawaii, all the disclaimers, I know I could probably still, you know, play, play uh, you know, get a few snaps on defense for Hawaii with the talent that they have right now. Mr. McCarthy looked to the part. Uh, he was electric. Uh, the QB competition, about six seconds after the game was over, Harbaugh came out and named him the, the starter. Um, he was at Michigan, again, playing a totally poverty non-con, uh, but McCarthy was 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 special in that uh, that performance. And I think he elevates their ceiling, you know, from a yep. team that um, obviously, you know, would be a dog to Ohio State, still a dog to Ohio State, um, but uh, and a team that you could see, you know, maybe at – that best, you know, kind of matching last year's performance. If he's the guy that we saw and he can be that guy, Michigan's got, you know, a chance to do some special things, especially with the rest of college football kind of looking like there's not this, not this runaway number one team at the moment. So yeah, that was a, that was a big takeaway for me, but I agree with you. There's a few other teams uh, we're going to get to here in the look that are, that, that, that were rough on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, uh, did you get a high, a nice Heisman future on McCarthy? You know what? I, I I had a little, you know, a sprinkle of 151 in the offseason. I added some more 50 to one after it went as soon as he got named, uh, you know, started for the rest of the season. Again, do I think he, you know, like, am I going to tell you here, oh, he's a lot to win? No. But it's kind of, you know, the, the guy, you know, CJ Stroud, the Bryce Youngs, yeah. you know, I know Caleb Williams just put up some numbers, uh, but I don't think USC is a team that's going to win, you know, 11 games or anything like that. I think you've got a guy who's special talent, potentially 12 games, um, who's going to be, and they, the biggest factor is next four weeks, UConn, Maryland, 
Iowa, Indiana. Totally poverty schedule where he should be able to rack <laughs> yeah. up some numbers, and Michigan's going to be 6-0, and and then that number's not going to be 51. Number's probably going to be more than 21. So I yep. don't mind getting in now, and if he can put up some numbers and Michigan's going to win these games, the number's going to be a lot shorter a month from now. Yeah, I don't disagree with that one. Uh, Heisman race wide open. And a lot of it's going to, there's going to be some opportunities at the end, late October, November for him to make his mark. I mean, you're basically an upset away in Columbus from him maybe being the Heisman favorite. He continues to put up numbers. Although, I mean, we're, we're talking, who they play? They play uh, Martin Luther King High School last week or, or whoever. What's the high school in, in Detroit that's any good? My goodness. Uh, we'll, we'll see as we move along. Uh, one team for me that got the best of me this weekend, and I thought, you know, I got in front of the line move, a key line move. I bet Baylor against BYU. I thought BYU without their top two wide receivers were going to struggle uh, against Baylor. And, you know, BYU came in the end. I mean, obviously some shoddy field goal kicking from both teams, but, I mean, they, they got the W in, in, against a Baylor team that I respect. I don't think Baylor's as good as what they were a year ago, but the fact that BYU was able to do that without two playmakers – says BYU we'll see this week I mean they got a tough one against the the, the Ducks but I mean if they were to beat Oregon this week you got a Notre Dame team on BYU schedule that, that now flips from underdog to BYU is going to be favored BYU is a team to keep an eye out that that might be this year Cincinnati making a run to the playoffs if they continue those, those types of performances so BYU up any other teams I mean before we get to the negativity uh, any other teams impress you Oh, there's a team in Mobile, Alabama that I've been reading about. <laughs> they look pretty damn good. I think, uh, um, I think that I think they're a real deal in the Sun Belt. That uh, now, do they have a four? I don't know who from the athletic department scheduled away game in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and then away game in Pasadena, California, the next oh. week. So I don't think it, I'm going to be a buy on this week. Uh, but Sun Belt wise. Laffey uh, is looking a little bit of a chinks in the armor there. I think they've, uh, I think they're very live in the Sun Belt. They look very good in Mount Pleasant. Um, so yeah, I, I think for as far as the Sun Belt as old, I, the, the week of the, the Fun Belt was uh, all over the place. But yeah, I think they, uh, I think they impressed and they are, they are. I thought they could potentially be live, you know, going into the season. I think they are very live after seeing them for a couple weeks. Absolutely. Very impressive uh, offensive performance. They're getting the outright upset win. We're going to talk more about South Alabama at the end. I want to get your reaction to that line uh, against UCLA, a game that I circled the bet and came a little shorter than what I expected, but we'll see if we can get some UCLA money throughout the week. One other smaller team, I'll go to Sunbelt. I'll stay in the Sunbelt. Georgia Southern offense. I think a lot of people, I get it. Clay Helton was a bum at USC, couldn't cover point spreads. He gets, he gets fired. He changes Georgia Southern's offense to the modern era, you know, passing the football instead of the option. I watched their spring game. I was like, holy cow. I mean, they're going up tempo. They're throwing the football. They get this kid from Buffalo, Van Treese. I still have my doubts because it's Clay Helton, but I'm here to tell you after two games, they have a legitimate passing offense. I mean, they're top five in the country in passing yardage. That wasn't a fluke that they went into Nebraska. They, they downright beat Nebraska, outgained them by 100 yards, put up 650 yards. Georgia Southern, yet another Sun Belt team that looks legit. I mean, that conference looks like mini SEC. Across like 23. I saw you tweet about it. And like, I know some people had it a little short around 20, but then it's getting like – 
You're laying 23. Who who, who money is this? Do they still have any money left to bet Nebraska again? Because they're getting steamed again this week. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the final nail in the Scott Strauss coffin, Clay Helton, uh, you know, throwing for 600 yards on them in Lincoln. Um, Yeah, I agree. I have no – I mean, they – that real, real deal offense. They'll be able to, uh, um, you know, throw it around in some Sunbelt teams too. So that was, uh, that was impressive. And uh, you, you got a feel for Mr. Frost. Uh, I, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm still a Scott for even after this, I'm still a oh Scott God. Frost Seriously? guy. And they, if he can get the right job, I think Nebraska <laughs> is a, is a horrific job in 2022 college football that you cannot get players to Lincoln, Nebraska in 2022. I would buy Scott Frost if I'm a G5 program. Can't, can't get enough players to, to beat Northwestern or, or Georgia Southern. I mean, just, I mean, a crisis situation. And you're five, not year one, you're five. Can't, can't freaking beat Georgia Southern. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll talk more Scott Frost. I got a bet on that, believe it or not, uh, this week coming up that, that, that I took advantage of. Uh, before we get to the negativity, any other positives? Because I'm ready to start being negative. I was gonna, I was gonna, we were like a quarter away from Texas's back, and then they blow it at the end, and Quinn Ewers is going to miss most of the season. Like, they were this close. I'm still impressed with the defense, obviously. Um, if anything, it's trending in the right direction. Even if you can, you know, even, like, let's say they only win seven, eight games this year. With the recruiting class they're bringing in and what you saw from Ewers, uh, to me, and, like, Sark now and Gary Patterson re- making the defense respectable, it's like, Bill, I think if they can just get to, you know, a seven, eight win season, you can take it into next year with all the talent they're bringing in. Um, it finally, finally feels like Texas is on this pathway where you can see it, like you can see it. Not, and I know a moral victory, whatever. The Big Twelve is is very, very meh this year, so I can still see them getting even with Hudson Card to a seven eight win season. Now it feels like then you go into next year where it's like, okay, we might have a legitimate like playoff contending team in Texas for the first time, and you know since Vince Young was running around. So. That to me, like the trajectory is right. The Ewers injury sucks because he was like going to yeah. be like the Heisman chalk, and they probably could beat Bam outright if he's healthy. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to lower their ceiling. But again, trajectory trajectory is right. A team that a program that uh, is obviously going to be a buy on going forward past this season, um, even if even if now it's looking a little lower than what we thought. Yeah, and I think that's a good transition to the other side of that game. And the negativity starting, as far as I'm concerned, teams that didn't impress us, Alabama didn't impress me. And I I was sitting here saying Alabama, as far as a week two power rating, as good as any team I've ever had in week two, as far as overall power rating. And now we start connecting the dots. Like, let's go back to the game that they covered in in week one against Utah State, your Utah State team from a year ago. Uh, Utah State might be really, really bad, folks. I mean, they barely beat that, Connecticut. Not the they get absolutely crushed by an FCS team, Weber State. I mean, they couldn't cover a 42-point spread against Alabama. And then we talk Alabama-Texas. I mean, I, unbelievable to me. We're late third quarter. Alabama has twice as many penalties as first downs against Texas. Not the 85 Bears defense, Texas's defense. I mean, looked very similar to what we saw last year from Texas in their road games. The Florida game, the Auburn game, Texas A&M, a bunch of the games that they struggled with on the road, 
No offensive line can't protect Bryce Young. He's got to make a play. Wide receivers, uh, you know, relatively mediocre, at least compared to last season. I mean, if it's not for Bryce Young, I mean, Alabama looks very beatable. Uh, I mean, especially if you're a top 20 caliber team. I mean, kudos for him for the drive at the end. But my goodness, I mean, there's a lot of things that had to go against Texas for missing field goals, Ewers that get hurt, some questionable penalties. For Alabama to win that game as a three-touchdown favorite, that would have been their worst loss since year one, since Saban lost to UL Monroe. So big negative for, for Alabama for me, downgrading them significantly in power rings. What do you see from the Crimson Tide? I mean, the, the, the skill position talent outside of, you know, Jameer Gibbs is just not what it's been for, for years and years and years. I mean, you, you can't remember an Alabama team without, uh, you know, a wide receiver who's going to go in the first round um, for a while. I thought, and as you said, like, Bryce Young had to make some special plays yep. to win this game. Like some, uh, to me, the, the stock dollar, none of that is Bryce Young because he had to, their offensive line too is not, you know, they're able to run over Utah State, but I mean, they won't be able to just line up and run the ball in Texas. Um, you know, it felt very, uh, you know, from an offense that's just been explosive for so many years, everything felt very lethargic and painful. And some of that may be Bill O'Brien and some of that might be yeah. the offensive line Good and the point. lack of playmakers. Um, you know, I, it's going to be an Alabama team that, that I think the defense is going to have to carry them this year. I don't know. It's not going to be a team that's going to be able to put up 50, 60 in that. And so right now, Georgia, Alabama, what do you have on a neutral? Oh, wow. Good question. I think I still have Alabama one. You probably, you bet into that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Stetson Bennett turning, you know, Doug Flutie in the offseason. I don't know what I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I got, the guy, he's got like three completions in three weeks. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have, I still think it's tough with the quarterback disadvantage. Uh, I, that they, I still believe that Bryce Young is, is the best quarterback in the country. Um, it, it but man, it, the rest of the you know the all the the all twenty two, I think there's no doubt that uh, outside of quarterback, the twenty one the rest of the starters on Georgia are better than Alabama for sure. Oh, I agree, and Georgia's been much better than expected. Now, I mean, they played a tomato can last week, but the, the Oregon game was still as impressive as I've seen any team play so far this season in any game. Uh, the hits keep continuing here as far as the negativity. You'll love this because I know you just love the Fighting Irish. I actually do. I'm a fan, but I got to tell you, holy cow, was that pitiful. And I'm not saying it was a fluke, like, oh, they were minus five turnovers or whatever. No, Marshall was a better team. I mean, if you watch the game, I mean, Marshall had it looked like they had more talent than Notre Dame. I mean, there wasn't one thing that Notre Dame could hang their hat on in that game that says, oh, you know, this is looking good. Maybe they're punting or they're kickoff specialists. That's it. I'm watching that. I bet Notre Dame in the game. I thought, ah, they'll, they'll be fired up for Marcus Freeman, you know, Mr. Recruiter, Mr. Win, win the offseason award. I, I thought they were okay against Ohio State for three quarters, but, I mean, my goodness. And now we get the news, Tyler Buckner, out for the season. Not that he, I mean, is anything. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, they're, they're going to go down to Drew Pine, who should be starting at a Mac school, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I downgraded Notre Dame. I mean, they're barely a top 25 team now. and, and I mean, after a couple of weeks, you got Cal, you got North Carolina, you got BYU, you got Clemson still left. SC's better than expected. I mean, I tweeted this out. I mean, it's almost a, a miracle if they make a bowl game now. I mean, not a good look for, for Marcus Freeman, your boy. 
Oh, no, Mark is right. I tell you, if you're, you know, you're one of those big time recruits. You might want to call up Jimmy Harbaugh and say, you know, what's going on there? Because uh, it's, 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 is Jim going to answer on. the phone? Does he take phone calls from recruits anymore? This is going to, this is going the wrong direction, but I, I, and this is one we might have a disagreement on this week. Um, because I, I tell you about some Cal early numbers. Uh, I heard some rumors last night. Then Buckner's out. And again, I, I don't think Buckner is by any means like, you know, in the, the stratosphere of a, a Stroud or anything. But Drew Pine is a, is a 5'11 kid that that should be yeah. playing at like, you know, like Buffalo or something. Like he uh, he's not super athletic. He, you know, he's, he's the, the spots he's been in, he has not looked impressive. And they don't have a single playmaker at the skill position. I know, you know, Mike Myers, obviously a, uh, you know, an NFL tight end, but a wide receiver at running back, yeah. their offensive line wasn't able to run the ball on Marshall consistently. And their leading rusher last week, even including sack was, you know, he's having to run around and make plays with his legs. Now you take that out of the offense. Well, how they're going to move the football. And, and, you know, the fact that Marshall was able to line up and run the ball on them, and you saw, you know, when Ohio State decided that, okay, now that, you know, Notre Dame, and again, Marcus Freeman, I think, is a good defensive coordinator. I think it's schematically they've been set up, but they don't have, you know, elite talent on the defense either. Um, this is a very, very average team that's now getting going to a below-average quarterback. This They just they don't have players. You see, like, I mean, when you're lining up against Marshall and Marshall's on the same level as you like that, that is, that was shocking to me. Uh, you know, this numbers come down. I still, I still like Cal at double digits or more. And I'm not going to tell you that I'm the biggest Cal guy on the, on the face yeah. of the earth, but um, I think Jake Plummer's looked all right through, you know, a couple of weeks here. And I don't, I, in a total, uh, you know, with a game total of 43, I just don't know how this Notre Dame offense with Drew Pine is going to move the ball. They don't, they don't, they can't line up and run it. They don't have explosive playmakers. And now they have a sub, you know, a Matt quarterback going in. Like this is a bad Notre Dame offense uh, that, that that's going to be this way throughout the entire year. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to disagree with you. My numbers do, uh, but uh, I mean, no, I think anything double digits, I don't see how this Notre Dame offense gets margin. They do lack players. That's why I've been bitching for years about Brian Kelly's recruiting, no playmakers on the outside. They only were signed one wide receiver. Your boys, Michigan took one of our wide receivers on signing day last year at a critical position that they're recruiting. Uh, I would say the recruiting at the quarterback position for a decade has been terrible. So no, I agree with you. I mean, anything in double digits, you got to take Cal. And I'm here to tell you, I think Cal sucks. I mean, you just cashed a ticket against Cal. I mean, they were, Almost lost outright to UNLV, and I, which is no great shakes. And <laughs> that was I mean, how I bet against Cal in week one against UC Davis, was... and they shouldn't have covered that game. Yeah, no, I remember like that was uh, a a blown PI call away last week from uh, potentially losing that one outright. I, it's a weird because it's a new, you know, Jake Plummer. I thought the offenses looked uh, pretty good through two weeks. It's not this typical Cal defense we've seen that's been stingy, but um, I, they may so- taking advantage of it. That's that's the problem there is, you know, like when you're talking about covering double digits to be able to get away from, I mean, if anything, it's going to have to be an absolute just like slog and punt fest, uh, you know, type of thing for them to cover. So, yeah, I'm a, a very, very down on and I know you have some Notre Dame regular season win unders that uh, you might as well walk to the window and cash those in because yeah, uh, September winning nine games. Yeah, the end of September, I'll be able to cash those tickets. But uh, yeah, yeah. let's move to another Sunbelt team that pulled a big upset. I know you're tweeting about this, and I loved it. 
Appalachian State. I, this is a bigger shocker to me. I know not point spread wise, but bigger shocker to me than, than the Marshall Notre Dame game. I mean, App State goes in after a wall to wall game against North Carolina for 60 minutes, goes on the road and physically dominated Texas A&M. Again, another game wasn't fluky. It's not like they were plus five turnovers. In fact, one of A&M's touchdowns was a, a return touchdown. I mean, so App State legitimately goes in there, beats Texas A&M, and even though, what is it, year five, year six, A&M already on the path to going eight and four again for, for a, a recruiting class that quote-unquote cost $30 million, a coach that now is up to $100 million. What does it have to take to win more than eight games in College Station, Kanish? First downs in this game, App State 22, Texas A&M 9. I mean, they, they line up, and this wasn't, as you said, it wasn't flute. Chase Bryce wasn't even very good in this game. They, they, they yep. just lined up and beat the rest. And this goes back to the summer that Jimbo Fisher hired DJ Durkin, who I think is not a good defensive coordinator, a checkered history. Um, and I don't think the Texas A&M defense is where it should be with, with the talent they have. And Steve Adazio. Get to, you know, and they yeah. want to play this old Jimbo ball. And, and these are like, these hires have, and then Adazio's son. Like the, the coordinator hires and the position hires, I, I thought were, you know, were four. And, and now you're running this this old man offense with slow tempo. And li- listen, you got to have, I mean, you have to have an elite defense and great players to run that and have success. And 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 they don't have it right now. Haynes King has been disappointing. I, I tell you what, hey, they for, I, I don't know. I know he's got a ton of money left, but the pet, the, the oil people at Texas A&M have a ton of money. So I don't know if this goes bad. I don't know. I think it's going to be hot seat for Jimbo, depending on how bad this goes, because you can't spend that kind of money that they're doing on players and have this kind of result. Um, Cause they, they, they are, it, it's not only one thing when you're losing, they are horrific to watch. Like they, they yeah. are a miserable team to watch play football. Um, and I, he's probably got, you know, a, a year in shape, but this year it goes bad. It is going to be, the season is going to be very hot for Jimbo Fisher going into 2023. Before we get into a quarterback that uh, Heisman can't see lasted one week, a- any other negatives out there? Uh, you know, I, uh, so, you know what can you know what surprised me uh kind of come it was ucf blowing that game to to louisville oh my um, god and I bet, I'm, I'm going live halftime show i know you're doing this i'm like over man i'm watching these teams are playing temple they're moving yeah. they're just not scoring i'm going over second half and what a what a colossal failure that was i mean both teams bogged out neither coach impressed me just some horrific coaching in that game i mean you want guys to be aggressive that idiot Scott Satterfield's going for it on like fourth and four at his own like 45. What the hell was that? He's like, he's trying to lose the game. He's trying to turn Malik Cunningham into like a, a pocket where they're like doing like dropbacks and he's throwing like five yard outs, like 10 yards over the guy's head. Um, that Louisville <laughs> D line won that game. Like for yep. UCF in the second half, they got bodied by that Louisville D line. Um, and, you know, John Rice Plumley is a guy where you're he's not going to be able to, you know, make a ton of plays in the passing game if they can't run it. So, yeah, I, I thought, you know, it was one of those, like, both teams uh, a little bit of an alert there where they've got some serious, serious flaws where UCF's offensive line got destroyed. Uh, and I just think Malik, any defensive coordinator worth of salt is going to be able to put a game plan together to stop Malik Cunningham. Because he's one of those guys where if it's not just running around broken play, you know, I know he made a, you know, long run to kind of win the game in the fourth quarter. 
when they're trying to drop him back and do these standard down passing and oh. normal offense, he is miserable. Um, so yeah, I'm you know, both those offenses for me, uh, are, are kind of a you know, a note that uh, they're not very good. Speaking of, of quarterback shoddy play, right here is a, a ticket for Anthony Richardson to win the Heisman, sixty to one. That was down to what twenty to one last week. Yeah, yeah. We gonna be wiping wiping my tears from this one. This is or I should be wiping something else because that is uh, nothing but toilet paper right now. Because after one week of you know being the Heisman, not front runner, but at least in the conversation, Richardson goes out fourteen out of thirty five, throws a couple of disastrous interceptions. And it's done. So uh, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye Heisman ticket. That was a uh, you know some expensive toilet paper. Uh, from no, that one hurt. I got a big position on Kentucky under uh, regular season wins, so that that, that Ooh, one hurt. Um, me too. And yeah, I, I, I that was I was hoping to flip by. I think you saw especially um, you know a lot of the, the going into the season, the flaw around Florida was like, okay, you have Anthony Richardson. What do you have around him? It, it, against a good Kentucky defense, they didn't have guys that could make a ton of plays. And when it wasn't Richardson, like, you know, what he did against Utah, just pulling magic out of the game, they, they really didn't have much. They couldn't really line up and run the ball. They don't have, you know, a special wide receiver, you know, like, so it was painful. And then you, you couple that with some of the mistakes he made. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Florida's defense being good, but not great. And, and now, you know, I think, I think that probably the, what was the dream of, you know, could Florida get to nine, 10 wins and, you know, Richardson have a Lamar Jackson type of year for him to win. And it's pretty much all dead after, you know, just, just one week there for him in the limelight. It is. Uh, before we start talking this upcoming week, any other big takeaways? I'm like trying to figure out who in the hell is good right now. I mean, we kind of touched on this already. I mean, Georgia looks good. I mean, obviously Alabama's up there, even with the, you know, the, what they did against Texas, but Obviously, your Michigan Wolverines look good, but they haven't played anybody and won't be playing anybody soon. Ohio State, now that performance against Notre Dame, you got to come into question. Ooh, they, they really control the fourth quarter. Who cares? Marshall controlled the, the line of scrimmage against Notre Dame. So I think a big thing that I'm looking forward to this week is a lot of teams have one good data point and one really bad one. Who can find some damn consistency in this college football season? I think it's going to go a long ways to maybe hopefully find it some value out here. I love the background there. I lo love it. I, you, know, so they, uh, you know who's like through two weeks and I'm going to be on here uh, and they, you know, Alexa's going to be on here too is uh, <laughs> is Mississippi State. Man, that defense is now like for a Mike Leach team who you've never connected with defense at any point throughout his career, man, their defense put Arizona in the blender. Uh, I mean, they were grand. And now, you know, you've got riding the system for a while where, where, you know, I, I still some have, you know, some issues with the air raid at certain times. Um, and, you know, Washington always made his life hell every year when he was at Wazoo, but their defense is nasty. Uh, the, the, the offense now, you know, you've been in the system long enough where Rogers, uh, you can feel like, you know, they, they're able to score enough. Um, and I, I think they're going into Baton Rouge and going to get the dub this week uh, against LSU. Oh, are you? They, it, yeah, you're I, I think, one of your main rivals, Mr. Muscles, is on LSU. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, you know, and again, I know some three, there were some buyers there at LSU at three. Uh, now that it's getting, you know, ticking down here, um, I played some Mississippi State, the look-aheads that were, you know, plus one and a half. I'm fine with, you know, a minus one, minus one money line there. Um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that cowbell this week because uh, 
Yeah, I'm not buying. I mean, the the LSU, you know, resurgence against Southern. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying into that whatsoever. I, I still think that uh, there's going to be a lot of transition costs, and and the defense they're playing this week at Jaden Daniels, and I'm going to run around and do whatever ain't, ain't happening against Cowbell defense. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the biggest – that's a good transition, one of the biggest games of the week. In fact, I mean, you're going to learn a lot about both teams. What are they going to be yeah. the rest of the uh, season? You know, I get the taking the three, but uh, I'm with you. I mean, if I had to play it, uh, I'm playing Mississippi State there. Uh, another big game in SEC country, Big Ten, Penn State going down to Auburn. Uh, early line there, Penn State three. I'll be perfectly frank. Uh, I, I want to take Auburn, believe it or not, even though they look like crap. Last week in San Jose State, you give me a hook on this one. I do not trust a Big Ten James Franklin team going down to SEC country, laying, you know, more than a field goal if, if the line ever gets there. In fact, I mean, I'd still take Auburn plus three. I, I just think, you know, I watched last year's game. I had a big bet on uh, on Penn State in that game. And I had to get so freaking fortunate. Uh, we're talking a whiteout, Penn State, Happy Valley at night. I mean, with an Auburn team with a first-year coach, went in there and, and I mean, I was so thankful to get, you know, come home with, with a cash ticket there. So I am actually doubting Penn state this week. Give me the fighting Brian Harsons. I'll take the plus three and hopefully get a three and a half. A- any early takeaways from that line? No, this is it's like two of those early, like cell teams playing each other now. Um, but I, I agree. I, you know, to go down to Auburn and have Penn state lane, so I, they haven't been you know super impressive to me through two weeks. Um, Auburn, a team that, you know, it, it it's weird. Like the first two weeks, you're kind of like thinking, like, oh, they're playing a competitive game, San Jose State, and then they come out and blast them in the second half. Uh, they were a little bit more impressive against FCS Bowl in week one than I thought. Again, it's two teams that um, I, I, you know, you were thought would be, uh, you know, cells going into the year that the again, if they're playing different opponents, you'd like to fade them both. But um, yeah, for me, it would be the the Auburn or nothing. But don't have a wager on this one. Uh, something I'll probably you know, kind of take back and look, but. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it would be a three or nothing for me because it's neither team that I'm that I'm eager to back uh, at this point. Another big game, or it was thought to be the biggest game, at least prior to last week before A&M's big upset loss to App State. I'm not sure. I'm not going to have a bet, and that's saying something for me because I, I basically bet the board. We, we got A&M right now about a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, it's at a dead number, of course. I mean, I'll take Miami if it goes up to seven type of thing, but – I, I I don't want to bet either one of these teams. I mean, Mario Cristobal and Miami were struggling near the half, losing to Southern Miss. A&M looked like a dumpster fire. My gut says A&M is going to bounce back and have a much better performance. But, I mean, I, I, I don't trust them. what my eyes say. I, I, I don't know how their offense has success. You can't push around App State. You're not pushing around Miami. So where are you at early in the process on this game? Yeah, this is, you know, another one. I had a small Miami game a year position when it was at, you know, like uh, I think there was a nine out there. Which yeah, really was. Grab a small piece of, um, and, you know, seven and a half, eight was trading for a while. Um, but again, I, I, I wasn't as down on Texas A&M going into the year as now I am through through two weeks here. Um, you know, I know a little bit, uh, like Poodle's guy, I know played some under at 49 and a half. You know, it's mostly 48, 48 and a half out there at the market right now. Um I agree. I'm not, you know, I'm not just running to jump on Miami though. Um, I, I yeah. still think they're, they're in kind of a transition phase here where both these teams are, you know, 
Texas A&M in the big recruiting class this year. Miami's got the big recruiting class coming in, you know, this, this year that'll come in next year. It's like in this transition cycle where they're, they're leveraging NIL, they're accumulating talent. Um, but both of them have some questions on the coaching staff and it's not really matured yet. You know, you're almost like, you know, a year or two away from all this stuff, you know, all these, you know, the NIL classes paying off here where right now I'm not super excited about either team. It's in that kind of, you know, Vegas zone, dead number of five, five and a half. Wouldn't be a play for me either way. Um, yeah, I want to, you know, I think hey, another one to, you know, kind of get a data point and watch to see if Texas A&M can't bounce back. Going to my head, I'd lay the five, but uh, not, not going to have probably a wager on this one, uh, depending on unless it gets significantly moved either way. All right. M- moving along here, a couple of games, and you tell me if you got a major takeaway. Uh, Oregon, about a three-and-a-half-point favorite against BYU. I think it's a bad spot for BYU, but that being said, I don't trust Oregon physicality. Uh, I mean, I mean, they got absolutely destroyed by Georgia. BYU is not Georgia, obviously, but BYU, I could see BYU you know, playing man ball against Oregon, and we'll see. I mean, they'll get tested there, the Ducks. I, I think they're the right side, but I'm not laying more than three. Uh, you know, another I, game. It's just that. Yeah, go ahead. That schedule. I just like you go to you travel all the way to South Florida. You play the game of the heat. Then you got to travel back across country and you play this physical over T game against Baylor. It's like even though the numbers might show me some value, it's like that one of those spots. I'm not this big like you know I got to pick a spot and look ahead. You know any of that spots up. Yeah. But this is one of those where it's the third straight week. Of you've had some travel, you've had a physical game, you've had another big time opponent uh, that can play physical where it, it would shy me away, even though the number wise, if this was just a, you know, a regular slate, I'd, I'd take some BYU. It, it's one that, you know, you, you bet college football for a while that there's just that inkling when it's that third straight game uh, yeah. uh, that I got to stay away from. Agree with that. Numbers say Oregon won. Um, numbers so that should scream BYU like not only a bet but one of my best plays of the week but the spot not good and I'll give you some more BYU's got some bad spots coming up I mean they yeah. play Arkansas after playing Notre Dame they have no weeks off until like November and I just I think there's gonna be some opportunity to continue to play against BYU we'll see how that works out uh, another game I'll give you one I'm hoping I'm trying to get a bet between you and I going some disagreement here uh, I mean how about Oklahoma, Nebraska? I like Nebraska. I think your boy, Scott Frost, getting fired is a positive. I, I took – I mean, I can't believe Circa Hunt 16. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, Scotty Frost got fired. It wasn't by getting blown out. I mean, he lost a bunch of close games. I took the Huskers here. Would still – would still take 11 and a half. That's how much I think that number's off. Yeah, I mean, you're going to boomer sooner, right? Listen, I'm the I and I I saw you know uh, I think uh, Caesars open had a 17. I yeah. you grabbed the 16 at circa. Um, and I agree when it was above 14 and a half, I actually bought some Nebraska. But I'm not. This is right. I know you're not. Uh, but like now that it's gotten to a, le- I still think you know you can get one of those where if a coach is like you know hated one of those, you get the postponed. I don't think Scott Frost was was in that mold where like. Guys hated them. They didn't want to, you know, like now they're going to get this post-coach bump. I just think Nebraska, their defense is off the rails bad. Um, and I don't, you know, it, it, this is one that I don't trust them coming off that to, to you know, put this big bounce-back performance in. Um, it would be Oklahoma for now. And now that it's down to 11, you know, I get when it was at 16, 14 and a half. Um, now that it's at 11, I'm not, I'm, the, the, the buy point is passed for me because the, the market has been wrong. I mean, it's three, three weeks here where they've steamed Nebraska. Um, 
yeah. and had egg on their face. So, and I get some of the early numbers were, were wide out there, but to me, it, it's just one of those scenarios where the Nebraska number was so far off going into the season when people thought they'd be improved what it should be that the offense isn't going to be good enough to carry to against say Oklahoma defense, which I still, you know, Venables can put together good game plan. They don't have a ton of players, um, you know, outside of, you know, Casey Thompson uh, to make plays and the defense is, is just awful. They're like Scott firing Scott Frost is not going to make the defense better in one week. So at 11, it'd be Oklahoma for me. And I'd, I'd, again, I'd, I'd let it marinate a little bit. If you're looking to play boomer sooner, see if you can wait to get around to get 10. Um, well, I think it then, might you know, go to 10. I think, I think it might go to 10. That'd so be more of the, the wait and nine and a half, 10 for me at Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it might end up getting there. So I, that's good advice there. Wait, if you're looking to bet Oklahoma, wait, wait around a while. You know, Nebraska, your boy, uh, the Fighting Dave Portnoy's, uh, they hung eight on their win total. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There ain't getting eight. So that's another one like you uh, Notre Dame under where you can you can walk into the book right now and uh, cash that. I don't know if they're getting a four. So I think eight is uh, – yeah, I know that was the, the off-season sweetheart. They're going to win the Big Ten West. Um, yeah, they might finish with the bottom of the Big Ten West at the moment there. So, And they got, I don't think, as we said, it's not just a Scott Frost issue. It's a it's a talent issue. They they are, they do not have players um, on either side of the football. So it's, I don't know who's who, who, who's taking that job. Is your boy Urban Meyer? Oh, I don't think anybody. For that they, one I'll tell you. I don't know who. A good hire would be, yeah, I'll tell you who a good hire would be. Just go up one state uh, north of them, go get Lance Leopold, uh, Kansas, who, I mean, obviously he's already doing wonders already at Kansas. You talk about cash and season win totals, already cashed. Willie Hill put one and a half on that, on the Jayhawks this year. It's already (laughs) cashed. So it's unbelievable what he's doing. I mean, they're almost live every week now, the way way he's got that team performing, at least against a point spread. Uh, one more game, unless you got some other ones, some of the bigger games. I know you're right there, relatively close. I think this is a very intriguing game. Uh, made even more intriguing because Washington's a lot better than even what I expected. Yes, I mean, they're yes. not they're not laying more than a field goal against Michigan well, it's State. Teamed this up week. this morning. I there were some fours out there on Sparty this morning. Like that. That's, I knew some guys that were buying. You know, the the pick, the minus one. I can't believe that steam through three uh, today. There's still three and a half out there on that. That that's that's rich. I'm I'm a, a buyer at Michigan State at three and a half. Um, and agree. Penix has been, you know, it's one of those where like it, it's like that stock that you've been invested in like for you know years and years. And you think it's gonna take off, and you finally are like, Fuck this, I'm out. Like I can't believe I held yeah. on to this for this long. I'm selling it. That's me with Michael Penix. I thought I love the guy. His entire college career was like finally like ah, I'm out. This isn't gonna work. He's going out to Washington. It's like freaking, you know, like Lamar Jackson out for two weeks. So I don't know what, I mean, he's been fantastic. Uh, maybe I'm not upgrading Washington fast enough because they're, they're a team. I faded him against week one against Kent State, lost there. Um, they, they, again, they uh, looked uh, looked good last. And so, hey, man, I mean, this is a state. They covered this against Sparty at home. Um, then that's a, that's a state. I, you've got to say maybe they're live in the Pac-12 at that point. If, if oh, Absolutely. This. Yeah, so, I would I say, get, I mean, because Oregon's not overwhelming. No. Uh, USC, look, USC offensively looks great. Defensively, they got issues. I mean, they were plus four in turnovers against Stanford. I mean, and someone won by 13. I mean, oh, I know. Stanford's that's winning the football. 
that's saying some David Shaw's offense moving up and down the field on you. I know he's your boy. Uh, uh, one more game. I agree with you. I think Sparty plus three and a half. Yeah. I just, I trust them more, although I'm not huge into it because I still think Washington's kind of an unknown. You mentioned Penix rebirth. A lot of it has to do with DeBoer. He was his offensive coordinator that first year or two yep. in Indiana. And then he goes to Fresno state and then Penix kind of drops off and now he's back with DeBoer. Who's now the head coach of Washington. So he's working his magic there. Go ahead. Uh, one other game I want to get to, and with fucking technology, and uh, I'm dropping f bombs here. <laughs> uh, the, the, the lag here. I'm in Vegas. You're in unknown parts uh, up there uh, in a beautiful state. Uh, UCLA, South Alabama. I know this is near and dear to your heart. I was sitting there in the circuit openers, thinking I'm going to beat Kanish and his betting syndicate group. I'm going to take South Alabama. I'm going to be getting at least 17. I mean, I, I just can't wait to pounce on that. And what the hell? It's not, I, I never get there. I mean, that's what I need to, to jump in on, on your boys this week. What Did you already bet it? You know what? I you know I took a little, a little over was the only position so far. I agree with you. I was hoping that, you know what? It, it was a spot that I wasn't looking to really, you know, even though, I, you know, I'm mobile through and through now, baby. But um, <laughs> it, it was one of those that like, all right, uh, this is going to be a pass for me. Um, once we get into the, you know, the Sunbelt seat. And I'd, to be honest, selfishly, I'd love for them to kind of, you know, mail this one in. And then because they get into the Sunbelt, they play uh, Lafayette. Really, they got La Tech and then Louisiana Lafayette back to back coming up after this. It's a horrific spot. I mean, you play a road game in Mount Pleasant, and you go all the way out to Pasadena, um, and, you know, playing a, a Power 5 team. It, it's got to be one that, you know, as you said, I, I would need up in that 17 um, to buy this, because it's not the spot that I was looking to back them. Um, you know, I've rode them through the first two weeks. Probably going to stay off here unless the number really gets all up right. there this week. Um, and then, you know, be like, once they get into the Sunbelt Conference play, get back on it. But, yeah, this is this is a real tough one for them. Um, you know, coming off the the Mount Pleasant trip, um, you know, high scoring affair. Now going to UCLA game that's going to play the tempo and do their thing. So yeah, you'd have to get up there for me to play them. Uh, but just trust me, we will be backing our boys in Mobile coming up more in the Sun Belt. This is one I played some early over there. Um, but it would be it, it, again, as you said, needs to be seventeen or, or it's probably going to be a pass for me. One other game, unless you've got a couple that you're not necessarily eyeing, on, eyeing up, but at least kind of eyebrow raising. How about Iowa playing 23 against Nevada, who a team that obviously the market is hate, hated, but I think it shows you how bad Nevada is that an Iowa team that scored one touchdown offensively this year is laying 23 big ones against Nevada. I'm here to tell you. My numbers actually like the Iowa here. I didn't bet it. I didn't have the guts to delay the 20 on the opener. I should have. I should have just played my numbers. But I'm like, man, I do not want to lay 20 with this damn team. I don't care if they're playing air. I don't trust them to, to, to be able to go down the field and score, you know, three times in a game. Are you kidding me? So did, did you play anything here, maybe under, what, what, or did you just stay away? No, I you know I stayed away from this one. I agree. You know, Incarnate Wood, uh, he's an FCS <laughs> team that you know kind of runs a uh, like a running type of. Pro I mean, just ran like 
up and down the field versus Nevada. Um, and that's really like, you know, I was faced a couple of teams uh, through where, you know, South Dakota State, Iowa State, those, those are, you know, legitimate defenses. They could stop the run. Yeah. South Dakota State is basically like, you know, FCS Iowa where they're playing the same style. And I think it's kind of put this perception that, uh, you know, I had again, it's not a good Iowa offense by any means. It's a bad offense. And Kirk Friends needs to, you know, have a uh, heart-to-heart at the family dinner and, you know, send his son <laughs> yeah, packing. But this is a game where they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to have a little bit more. And I still think Iowa defense is elite, like an elite defense that's getting wasted uh, because of the nepotism of the Iowa coaching staff. Um, and the fact that, you know, maybe they, they've got a few scholarship receivers that, we're on the injury list. Maybe they'll be coming back. We'll see. Um, but I think I, uh, yeah, I wish it was a little bit of a, you know, a different different spot here than having the lay three touchdowns. Um, so I, I, I didn't, you know, as you said, at 20, um, I have a little, you know, uh, uh, buyer's remorse of not grabbing that. Up around 23, though, I'm I'm out for me. You can't get me to this offense to, to lay that kind of number. So I think there will be some spots, though, in the Big Ten, uh, potentially one the following week where, uh, yeah, I'll be happy to lay a number against Iowa. Um, but, you know, this one is it, not a uh, not a buy for me. I just I just can't stomach, even though I think it's the right side. Fair enough. A- any other games you want to get to before we get the best bets? Tell you who uh, I, who I think is is live uh, this weekend is uh, our our, uh, our hill for the uh, big red blobs going into uh, to Indiana. Um, yeah, I love I, it. I, you know there was some ten out there. I bought the ten to start. Uh, I I still think. So. I mean, when I was I thought this game was gonna you know be a be around four and a half. It came ten, and I, I couldn't race to the screen fast enough. Um, some other places dropped some nine and a halfs. Uh, so I, anything above seven, I was getting as much as I could. I think it's mostly painted six and a half now. I think they're live to win outright, though. Uh, in Indiana, is miserable. I mean, they're like losing to Idaho for most of the game. Yeah. The final score looked a little bit, um, you know, it didn't indicative of, of how close the game was. Um, and the Choppers, I think they'll be, you know, they off the Hawaii trip. They're coming back. They have a little bit more extended time. Uh, the offense needed a little, you know, rhythm with a new QB to get going. Um I think Indiana is miserable. They've had they had some fortunate results here uh, to beat Illinois to to the final score against Idaho. I tell you what, I think they're they're quite the. the I think this is going to keep going down. I could see this closing four. Um, and Western Kentucky is very very live because this is a bad Indiana football team um, that that's had some breaks go their way. Uh, and I think the spot sets up right here real nice for Western Kentucky. Is that best bet for you? That's pretty strong. Well, I'll throw it in there. Put it in a six and a half. Uh, yeah. I know the numbers came down a bit. I still think six and a half is too high. So throw it in the best bets. I'm taking the toppers. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. And now, I see, the good thing is we did a little investigation. I wondered, because I'll tell you what, that was the first bet I wanted to make within 20 seconds of the circuit opening lines. I hit Western Kentucky plus 10, and I get the old – Line has changed. Do you still want to bet it? And it was you. It was you that got the 10. I didn't care. I took the nine and was happy as hell as that. I I took anything above seven, seven. I took it. I still agree with you at six and a half. I think they win the game. So sprinkle a little bit of a money line there, but at least I figured out who beat me to that one because that was frustrating. (laughs) I didn't get that 10. That was a beautiful number. 
I couldn't, but I, that was one of those. And, you know, I, there's not too many, you know, we've talked about it on our last week's show that you don't get too many of the eye popping, like, whoa, uh, you know, yeah. number with Circa doing the numbers now. That was one where I was like, oh my God, I, I was anticipating it to come in, you know, the, the four to six range. Uh, and when it dropped 10, they, it was one of those couldn't click the button fast enough. Uh, and I, I, I bought it. Clicked more. it faster than me, man. I you know what I'm gonna start off best best bets. I'm gonna yeah. do uh I'm gonna go with another dog. I'm gonna go with Tulane plus 15 and a half here. I think it's a horrific spot for Kansas State. I know you're gonna say, well, they just played Missouri. Missouri was a big game for them. That used to they used to be a rival there. You've walked them an SEC team, they blew them out, looked really good. In fact, Kansas State's looked really good the first two games. I'm also keeping an eye towards next week. They have Oklahoma. Uh, next week, a game that they they played Oklahoma tough throughout the years. Speaking of Oklahoma, I think Tulane uses last year's trip to Big 12 Oklahoma, and they won't feel like they're going to be overmatched here because they went into Norman last year in week one and should have won the game outright as a 31-point underdog in that game against Oklahoma. So I think it's a Kansas State team in a flat spot, a team that I don't like laying points to begin with. Give me, I think it closes 14. I really do. Tulane plus 15 and a half. That'll be my first best bet. Oh, I, I agree with you. I was buying, trying to buy as much, uh, you know, around 17 uh, as I could. Adrian Martinez, if you look at his passing numbers, Adrian Martinez has like 200 yards for two games. Like this is a team that if they can't like line up and just run you over continuously, continuously, like they're not going to be, that is not a type of team you want to be laying two touchdowns or more against, against anybody with uh, you know, a pole sets. That's not just going to get absolutely buried. Like, you know, Missouri last week trying to line up. So that I, I'm on board with you that I want to, you know, again, I, I like, which we could have a little bit of, I can't, I can't eat that one at, you know, at 16, there's some, you know, 15 and a half around. Um, I, I agree. That's going to come down, still come down, even though, you know, it was some uh, circa 20 at that one, which I, I think uh, you beat me to there. Cause that, that number is too high. <laughs> they have no passing offense whatsoever. Um, that's another, if you, you know, get into the big 12, that's, that's one of those that we'll, we'll keep an eye on. Cause I, a defensive coordinator who can, who can really force Adrian Martinez to make plays. He can. So, um, yeah, that's, I like that one. Um, and I, 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 hey, I, as, as far as like, uh, you know, significant live dogs, I wouldn't surprise me if, if two lanes compete in that game late. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting maybe in, in the fourth quarter and we got a one score game would not be a bit surprised at all there. Uh, Tulane's been impressive. I, I thought they'd be one of the more improved teams. It was a fluke. They went two and 10 last year. I just, they got an experienced quarterback. I think Willie Fritz is a good coach. So, yeah, it's not only anti-Kansas State spot there. It's also pro-Tulane. Uh, one more for me. Uh, I'm going to skip the Cal because, I mean, that was dependent on the line. Lines do matter, fo- folks. Half points do matter. I'd rather take Cal 10 and a half. I got a poor track record on Notre Dame games. Whether I bet on Notre Dame or against Notre Dame, I can never figure it out. But, I mean, if you're getting 10 and a half or more, chop around. I think there's a couple rogues out there. I think Cal's good but I want widely available for these best bets. What is widely available. I'm going to take Toledo plus 31 and a half. I, I, you start connecting the dots that Ohio state fourth quarter against Notre Dame doesn't look that good. I'm here to tell you, I wasn't impressed with Ohio state against Arkansas state either. Not down a couple wide receivers. I'm not sure that they bring back Jackson Smith and the Jigba for this game. I think they continue to sit him. And I know that Ohio state vaunted improved defense, I watched Arkansas State in the first half move up and down the field multiple times on Ohio State. Toledo's much better than Arkansas State. 
And you're going to give me a, a nice number here. My numbers aren't really super strong on it, but man, something tells me in a, in a lower scoring game, because we've seen Ohio State games be lower scoring. I don't want to be laying more than 31 points against a, a, a pretty good Toledo team that almost beat and should have beaten Notre Dame last year. So I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed playing the Buckeyes. So Toledo plus 31 and a half, you can find some 32s out there. I'll tell you what, I'm the, you know, that's one that, uh, you know, we might have a little bit Oh, you bit like of, the Buckeyes? I, I kind of like the Buckeyes this week for a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I think the, the defense can contain Toledo. And again, I'm, you know, which one of those Mac out of, out of conference teams looking at the 10? I'm not going to tell you that Arkansas State is great, but I was thinking of getting a little bit of a, you know, there was some 30 and a half out there for a minute on Ohio State. So I'll give you 31. You and I, 31, I'll give you. I'll give you 31. Let's do it. Let's do it. I had All that right, little, uh, Finally, little uh, after two episodes. Here. We can get, I'll take some, uh, some Columbus uh, minus 31 there. Cause yeah, no, I'm, uh, I was one that I was looking, you know, uh, to get in range there as uh, I think. Finally, you know, the, the passing offense opened up a bit last week. Um, I think they can shut down Toledo on the ground. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, fine. We get a little head-to-head here. Uh, and, and it's your boys. I'm going, you know, I'm sticking to, I'm going to, you know, one of the most, the, the most prestigious universities in Ohio. I know a famous alumni from this university, Bowling Green. Yeah. Give me the 17 and a half here. All right, getting Marshall after the fantastic, uh, yeah. you know, win at Notre Dame here. Give me Bowling Green. This was up right, you know, I, this was another one that, uh, you know, it opened up at, at 20. It was too high. It's gotten bet down most places now. 17 and a half is pretty widely available. I played some 18. Um, I like Bowling Green here. I, I think Marshall, uh, again, great result for them last week. But now you're getting a back-to-back road game here uh, after the Notre Dame high in a game where, you know, it was a battle, it was a trench game. Um, you know, Bowling Green should be able to do enough here, I think, to score on Marshall a bit. Um, and, and I just think, you know, it, to come off that game last week against a Notre Dame that I don't have any respect for in their offense, um, I, I think this is too high. I like Bowling yeah. Green uh, quite a bit. I think this one will keep trailing down. I'm already seeing a few 16 and a half pop. So if you can get a 17 and a half here, give me Bowling Green on the best bet. I think they can they can keep up with Marshall and Thundering Herd. I, I do. I am that guy that has the 20 in pocket. Yeah, I did figure I did get down to the end of the board too late there because uh, I figured uh, the, the alum would be looking at it out. That, that 20 was too. I still think 17 and a half is good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, the, my only hang up is, I, I wish Bowling Green just didn't play a seven overtime game last week. That was my, that's my only hang up whatsoever. Otherwise, I mean, this is a ridiculously good spot for the Falcons who, I mean, offensively have looked a lot better th- this year. Well, I needed that win last week for a season win total bet. That, that's not looking as good now. Hopefully I can get an upset win here. Uh, any other best bets? You know, what? I'll give you one more Western Kentucky. I'm going to go over that same Indiana game. I think Western Kentucky okay. can move the football against Indiana. We saw Illinois move the football against Indiana's defense. They just didn't convert in the red zone. I think West Kentucky goes up and down the field. Indiana is, look, I don't think base lacks that good, uh, but they are playing some tempo and you're going to give me a, a total here, upper fifties, uh, you know, 60 would be the, the absolute high spot, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go over a total in a West Kentucky game, even without Bailey Zappi. Uh, that offense is still, you know, we've seen money come in on the over in both their games already. Uh, it just got to the window against Hawaii. So uh, over for me, it'll be a best bet. That's, that's my favorite total right now. Any other best bets? 
I'm gonna yeah, give me the give me bring that cowbell, baby. There's uh, I'll go money line. Uh, but looks like minus one thirties of others. Actually, some cheaper uh, around if you shop it. But I'll go minus one thirty uh, cowbell money line. I think they're I think they're the better team and have both sides of the ball than LSU. Uh, I'm not gonna buy it. They got right against uh, you know about poverty FCS team here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Give me the cowbell. I know they're coming off. You know you got the Arizona trip and you got to go LSU, but um to me the the defense travels their offense will should do enough um i don't like the matchup for lsu at all uh and i, I think it's you know it's a one week uh romance here with them you know like oh you know lsu's back because they beat you know southern by 50 no, no thank you mississippi state is a better team uh and, and you're getting them close to a pick give me the money line and uh we'll bring that cowbell love it any other final best bets what do we do? You know, we'll, we'll both, uh, you know, like I said, Cal, if you can get the, the double digits, uh, I, I agree with that. The 10's pretty painted. Um, and yeah, anything plus 10 or better, uh, Golden Bears for me. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think you can downgrade Notre Dame fast enough right now, especially going to Drew Pine. I am not, I know Buckner wasn't, you know, everybody's favorite creepy. I am probably more of a downgrade uh, from Buckner to Pine than than most people would be because uh, I, I, don't, I don't think he has any business being a power five QB. <laughs> You're not going to get discredited. I watched the spring game. I wouldn't even start him at, at Bowling Green, my alma mater. Uh, that's how bad I thought he was. So I will say, I mean, I don't think Cal's that good though. That's uh, that, that's my only hang up there. I, I, I mean, I thought UNLV had him last week. So uh, that's going to do it for me unless you got some final thoughts. Oh, hey, that was a good wrap. Uh, looking forward to a, uh, you know, week three coming in here. Um, and uh, hopefully we can uh, keep the money train rolling on the best bets. Uh, but no, that was, it was, it was a good wrap. I'm excited. We finally get a little more marquee games this weekend. I think we'll get a uh, better view of the overall uh, college football landscape after a couple of these big games. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think this is a very important week to, so we can find out what these teams actually are going to be here uh, with uh, yet another important data point. So for the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. I'm Brad Powers. We just hit the books here. I'm part of the Hammer Betting Network.